Hey everyone, and welcome back to the How to Write a Book podcast. I'm your host, Maciel. In today's episode, we're talking with Randy Lee Boslaw. And I just thought that um, Randy Lee's interview was really insightful. I really loved her point of view, the way that she wants to tackle her work, the way that it is unfiltered in the sense that there are no gatekeepers. And she also doesn't allow gatekeepers as part of being true to her own work and also as a legacy for her family. Um, It was very uplifting, very inspiring. So I hope you enjoy it too. Let's dive in. Welcome to the How to Write a Book podcast, the show that helps you plan, write, and publish your book, even if you're a beginner or just feel like one. Now, for your host, she's written over a dozen books and helps others bring their books to life. Here she is, Maciel. All right, and welcome back to the How to Write a Book podcast. Hello, Randy Lee Bozla. How are you doing today? I am good. Thanks for having me. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I wanted to bring you on here because you are a prolific author, and specifically I wanted to talk about embracing me, but just found out that you're also a prolific podcaster. (laughs) So that was awesome. And you have several podcasts, so definitely put into my game to shame here. Amazing. How do you do it all, first first off? Um, oh, that is a great question. Um, I just, I really love, I love writing. I love podcasting. So I think because I love doing it kind of takes up the space in my life where hobbies would be, I guess. Um, and so that's how I fit it in. I love that. Yeah, hobbies equal life now. That's yeah. what I hope. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, Randy Lebo's Law, uh, you were born and raised in Ontario, Canada. Um, you attended Niagara College and graduated top of your class from Community and Justice Services. That's amazing. I also love that, you know, you, you've been inside the community and now you published your, well, you published your first book in 2017 and you have many prolific books after that. And you're like a championship Kickboxer? Is that is that correct? Yep. Oh yes, my god. That's amazing. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, uh, 2015, I was the Canadian national champ in my division, like my weight class, and then 2016, I went to uh, the Worlds in Ireland, and then in 2017, yeah, the next year, I went to the Pan, oh, excuse me, the Pan Americans in Mexico and got second. Amazing. Congratulations. Thanks. That's awesome. Fun. Yeah, that is so cool. I 100% love that. I used to be in martial arts. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, I used to be in uh, Bujutsu and Wing Chun when I was from the age of 6 to 22. And then I got a spine injury, not related oh. to martial arts. It was totally different. Yeah. But but I love it. I love anything that's really physical. So I've been a little bit of an introduction, but Randy Lee, will you please tell us about yourself for our audience? Of course. So um, I've got a bunch of animals, kind of a zoo in my house. So I have four cats and three dogs. Um, I've got two kids. So um, they're getting old now. My youngest is graduating high school this year. That's scary. Um, and I have one grandson. 
uh, and a husband. Um, <laughs> at the end and, of that. <laughs> yep, yep. He's always at the end of it. He's just, you know, he's an afterthought. No, love him. Um, <laughs> I also had some um, back issues, so I haven't done kickboxing too much in the last oh, well, almost two years now. Um, but I have started riding horses again. I rode them when I was little. I've been riding them again, which is awesome. And I just, yeah, I love reading. I love talking to people. And that's, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Amazing. And you have multiple podcasts and some that are on writing. Can you tell us about your podcast? Yeah. So the first one that I started, it's called the Write or Die Show. So write like you're writing something. Um, and I cannot take credit for the name. My friend came up with the name when I told her the idea. Uh, but basically, I interview other authors. We talk about mental health from their personal journeys. And we just... You know, it's all about sharing so that people don't feel alone. So that one has, I think I've hit over 100 episodes now. Yeah, I think I'm getting close to like 150, maybe even over 150 now. Um, so that was the first one. It was my baby. I love it. Uh, but then I also started what I'm reading, which is book reviews. So I have a blog where I've been doing book reviews and I went, huh, if I'm already writing them, why don't I turn them into a podcast too? So those are super quick episodes, no more than five minutes, most of them around two and a half. And it's just my review of the books. So you can decide whether or not you want to pick it up, too. And then I have another one. It's called Reader's Intrigue. Authors read the first chapter of their book. Again, the idea is, are you going to like the book? You want to go pick it up because um, you get the full first chapter of it. And then I have my last one. It's called Our Neurodiverse World. So I talk to others and we discuss different neurodiversities. So autism, ADHD, learning disabilities, tons of different things that all fall under that. Um, and we just talk about how awesome that we really are no matter what. Oh, we were meant to meet, I think, because like our shows and our message are very similar and they're mm -hmm. so needed, you know, like it's like, you know, it's not just like, well, how do you write, which is to get the pen and paper or the computer, but it's also like, yeah, what do you face on the inside that stops you from writing? Right. Exactly. Because there's a lot there. A lot, a lot. And it's like you haven't. You know, you recognize it. You don't even know sometimes that it's stopping you, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that you're spreading those messages into the world, you know, because that's, it's so needed. So needed. You know, Thank you. Definitely. Um, okay. So I, I wanted just to share a little bit about you because I think that's one of the great resources that we can share on the show and for our audience. So let's turn to your books. Um, I definitely want to talk about embracing me, but let's go backward a little bit. Actually, we'd love to talk about sure. where, what was your publishing journey when you started? What was it like to write your first book? So my first book was published in 2017, but I did most of the writing for that as a teenager. So early 2000s to, yeah, early 2000s. I graduated high school, what, 2005, so it was in that time period there. Um, so what happened is I found all of these poems that I had written as a teenager in my basement. And I went, huh, these were really good. But they're just sitting here doing nothing. <laughs> um, so I didn't want to throw them out, but I also didn't want them just sitting there doing nothing. And that's when I said, you know what? I always said I'm going to write a book. 
this is going to be my book. And I threw them together, um, threw them kind of the easy way of saying it, but <laughs> edit and make it look pretty. But, um, so I threw them together. I added in though, a little bit at the beginning, a little bit at the end because they're very dark. They were from a time in my life when I was super depressed, did not know it was depression, um, but was super depressed. And so they were really dark. And at the beginning, I wanted to give kind of a little bit of insight into where these came from. And then at the end, insight into it doesn't end this way. Mm. Oh, that's good. I love that. How long did it take you to write like the the bookends for for your um, It wasn't too long because I didn't want to take. I didn't want to take up too much space for that. I wanted it to really be focused on the poem. So it didn't take long, maybe six months. Oh, cool. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah. And then after that, you were like, caught the publishing bug. I'm going to keep going. Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. At the book release, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. I need to do it again. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And um, you have like a kind of a variety of different books. So you have children's books, but you also have, I think, like a horror in there. Can you tell us about like your interests? Like you're very like diverse. Um, So what I like to say is I like to follow my dopamine. Whatever I'm feeling inspired by at the time, that's what I want to go to. So as much as I love talking about mental health and that kind of stuff, um, it's a hard topic. It's a hard topic to talk about. It's a hard topic to write about. There's definitely a lot of tears when I write those books. So I have to put in other things that lighten the mood. So that's where the kids' books come in. That's where the horror comes in. I love all things horror. It's the first kind of books that I really was interested in reading. I love watching horror movies, so it just made sense. And then kids' stuff is just, it's fun. Um, and... I always get approved by the grandson. He he turns four on Sunday, actually. Um, so he if he doesn't like it, it can't possibly be a good book. But I always, you know, I pass it by him, and yeah, it just it's it's just fun. That's great. Yeah. And I can totally tell you have like that vibe of like really loving horror because for anyone who's not looking at the show on YouTube, your vibe is very Beetlejuice. Like, I don't know, you know? <laughs> yes, I love it. Oh, I So I saw your sound booth. I'll just do a little bit of a description. It's black and dark purple. And that sort of reminded me of immediately. I was like, what's going on back there? I love this. I love this vibe. Very like Tim Burton-y, you know? So that was awesome. So you kind of go into into um, your your fiction and then your nonfiction. And you said, like, that can be very hard. Let's talk about embracing me. What is embracing me about? So it's embracing myself. Um, that's the, the short version of it. But basically, it is about my struggle in my journey with figuring out how depression fits into who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, I was in a very dark place for a very long time. Um, and it was like, you know, feeling like I'm worthless, feeling like I'm broken. And as I grow, I realize that's not the case at all. Um, and so the book Embracing Me is about figuring out how I can accept all aspects of who I am, the fun side um, and the side that is depressed or the side that gets upset or the side that sometimes hates myself. Those are all valid things that happen in our lives. So that is really what Embracing Me is. And each chapter kind of goes through a different part of that journey. So the first part really is 
about accepting the past. So it's like, write a letter to your younger self. And there's actually activities that are associated with each chapter with the activity at the end of the book in the appendix. So that if I'm saying write a letter to your younger self, well, you got to find paper and a pen and that's a lot of work, but there's paper at the back of the book. So now all you have to do is find a pen. Um, makes it a little bit easier, you know? Um, and then uh, another really big chapter, two, well, two chapters really was medication and therapy. Mm-hmm. Two things that people really rebel against because mm-hmm. it's not the easiest thing to admit that you have a problem and it's not the easiest thing to accept help or accept something that some people think changes who you are, right? Like medication, okay, change you. And it can, but it can also do that for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I always say is if it works for you and you need it, do it, mm-hmm. right? That is the best way to describe it. If it's going to work for you, do it. It doesn't work for everybody. Um, and so that's that's really what the book is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's actually my first one that I also got turned into an audio book. So that one's also on Audible. Nice. That's awesome. When did the audio book come out? Um, last year, I think last year. Okay, tight. I definitely have not promoted it as much as I should, Um, but, you know. Now's the chance. Right here, right now. (laughs) There you go, everyone. Get the audio book. That's what we're focusing on. Do it. So as you dive into um, embracing me, I think that's that's such an important topic of conversation uh, because that's something that I try to also share on the show, which is sometimes you have inner demons, uh, I call them inner demons, that need to be faced and they can't always be faced like just on the page. They have to be like through therapy or through other means, like even medication. medication. Yeah. yeah. And that was something that I think can stop a lot of people. And then it kind of build a cycle of like, well, um, maybe there's something wrong with me and that's why I can't write. And therefore I'm not a writer. I'm not a real writer because I can't write. And that might not be the case, you know? It's something else that might need to be addressed. So I love that you're bringing this conversation to the table because it needs to be addressed. Absolutely. So as you're going through your book, one of the questions I love to ask about people who kind of do a reflection, like a memoir style, is did you feel like you found healing as you were going through the book itself? Oh, 100%. All of the books that I've written um have provided some kind of healing that one in particular, because like I said, that first chapter, that was probably the hardest one to write because I forced myself to also write letters to my younger self. And I did it actually in three stages of my life. So like my super younger self and then the teenage and then like the older teenage um, to show that there are different parts of our life story where I needed to say different things. And so that one was definitely the hardest one to write. Um, but even just the, all the other chapters, right? I had to explore what all of it meant to me um, and then relate it back so that other people could also understand and feel like they weren't by themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's super important about memoir. It's like, I think sometimes people write memoir and they mistake it for like, oh, it's about me. I'm sharing my story. And it is, but you're actually framing it for the reader. That's why the readers. Exactly. Yeah. They're trying to see how they can see themselves in you. It's about that, that person. So you kept that in mind. Yes. Not during the first draft. So what I usually do whenever I'm writing any of them, the first draft is for me. Um, and that's probably where I get out all of the emotional side of things, right? Like, um, 
sometimes they can be kind of angry because I'm mad at myself or, but it's, it's just getting something onto the paper. Um, and then the second one, I might add a little bit more emotion, but with the sense that somebody is going to be reading this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that was a great idea. Did you have like a, did you just go for it? Did you have like a checklist? How did you hit it with revisions? So yeah, normally I just, I just go. I am, what's that called? A pantser <laughs> where I just kind of roll with it and see what happens. Um, I don't do a heck of a lot of planning except, you know, sometimes ideas will pop in my head. So I'll have kind of a, a paper on the side where I'll write, Oh yeah, I want to write a chapter on self care. Say, I want that at the end. So I'll put it down so that I don't forget about it because as I'm writing, ideas will pop up and I don't want to forget about them. But I don't necessarily sit down at the beginning and write it all out. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you're like, you're like jotting it down. You're like, yeah. this here, this there. Was there exactly. a point? So you said that, like, particularly that first chapter was really hard. Was there any point where, like, you stopped? You stopped writing because you're like, oh, my gosh, that's too much. Did that ever happen to you? Um, It has happened to me not with this book, but with Goodbye Too Soon. So that book came out earlier this year, May of um, 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, And that one's about my brother's death by a drug overdose. Mm -hmm. And so that one was extremely emotional to write. And there was definitely times when I was crying while writing it. I went, okay, that's enough for today. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're like, this is an emotional waterfall right here. This yeah. is, and that's a lot of writers, especially when they're trying to get through stuff. Okay. So you hit it and then what happens next? Um, so I'll, I'll walk away and probably usually go see my animals. Um, and then when I go back to it, it's, you know, I'm in a fresh space in my mind so I can I can move on um and we're talking remember how I was talking about sometimes in the first draft I'm really angry that book in particular I that first draft was a lot of anger like I was mad at my brother like Mm -hmm. so mad because it's not something that you want you don't want a family member to die before their time and he was he wasn't even 40 yet um and so there was a lot of anger in that first book towards him Mm -hmm. um and so by the final draft there's I mean, I share that I was angry, but it's not an angry book. When you read it, it's more of a painful story. Um, there's some highs and lows. Like, it takes you really on an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry also for your loss. I did see that on your, your author shelf, and I was like, that's a, that's a book that's needed, you know, because as people who get affected by that kind of loss. Yeah. So. How do you know when you're when you're done? You know, because like you said, you're, you're you're you were angry, yeah. And then you're like, okay, by the end of it, you're like, okay, I'm not angry anymore. But there's obviously anger inside. Yeah. Right? How do you go through that? You go through the drafts, go through revisions, and at what point you're like, okay, this book is ready. Ooh, that is a great question. I I've never really thought about it. You're the first person to ever ask me that, actually. I think it's more just a feeling, a feeling that I have put in here enough emotion, enough information, because even in my books, yes, they are memoirs about my life, but I like to add in um, a little bit of research and other kind of information so that if I'm saying something like um, writing is therapeutic, Okay, well, that, that's just me saying it, but where where's that coming from? And so I'll, I'll do a little bit of research and add that in. Um, so I think once I find that balance of research and personal with emotion, 
that's when I, I know it's done. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I'm the same way. Like I feel like I, I tend to say things like maybe on the podcast or in my writing, I'm like, well, this, and because I know that it's a fact, but then I forget sometimes like, wait, I need to go find that fact. But I love when you're like footnote, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Here's the bibliography on that. Cause you know, it really just feels like it's been thought out. It's been supported. Exactly. And I've read a lot of books and it's not to say I don't like memoirs. I've read some really good memoirs, but the ones that are my favorite are the ones that add in just a little bit of backing. Me too. I I, I like that too, because um, I feel like then the arc is a little bit stronger, you know, Mm. because what they're trying to do is usually give with the reader in mind, they're giving that lesson. Like here's here's where you end up, but because it's backed by like certain research and things like that. Exactly. So I really enjoy that. So there's quite a bit of that in, especially in Goodbye Too Soon, um, because I do a lot of research on what addiction is. And then my brother was in and out of jail for a lot of his life, and he was in there under different types of legislation. Um, So I did a lot of research on, well, what would have happened if this legislation would have been put into place prior to him going into jail? So that was a huge research part and really interesting. Oh, wow. So was it, did this happen to you? Like, you know, as you start to research and as you start to dive into legislation, was there a lot of like, what ifs for you? Like, well, what, like you kind of mentioned this, what would have happened if, did you find that that was an emotional, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm trying to say? I know what you're trying to say. Definitely. And there's actually a, a piece in the book, um, probably, middle end where I go through I was thinking what if I would have said did it out what if this would have had and I kind of go through them um and then I go but I did not have this information at the time so reminding myself and reminding I speak a lot to the book is really written to the family of people who are either die by addiction or are currently in addiction and they're worried they're going to die um so I'll speak a lot to forgive yourself Mm. because you can't change what happened in the past and we didn't have that information in the past so there was no way we could have done that Mm -hmm. even though oh I wish I would have what if this would have happened well we didn't know that so how could it have yeah Mm -hmm. so powerful I've I've recently um somebody in my family has experienced you know exactly what you experienced um and they said the same thing like oh what if I had you know, looking back, um, and you're so right, you know, you kind of, it's hindsight. Yeah. You don't know until you're there, which unfortunately then you have to get there. And we don't want to be there. Right. You know, and you don't think about picking up that book off the shelf until that happens. Right. Exactly. And that's so important that you're saying that, you know, forgiveness, mercy on yourself. Yeah. Vital, vital, because that's the same thing that I'm seeing, you know, somebody walk through right now. Um, and, and you're right. You know, you, until you got through that, oh, forgive yourself. Oh my gosh, it got heavy for me. I was about to, I was about to <laughs> kind of like, oh no. Oh. <laughs> Excellent. I'm, I'm hitting the hard spring. <laughs> exactly. And that's what writers do. We get the heart, we pull it out and go, no, no, no. Exactly. That's what we got to do. So, so you've written your memoirs and now what happens? Do you have beta readers or editors? What's your revision process after yourself like? 
Yeah, so I do have an editor that I'll send it to and get her opinion. Um, and she'll is brutally honest. And I'm like, hey, tell me, especially because, you know, I'm writing things that I know inside out, but the reader doesn't know inside out. So I'll get notes back like, okay, wait, how do we get from here to here? Like, we're missing some. As the reader, I don't understand. I'm like, oh, right. Okay, let me let me add this in here. Um, so that's really good that there'll be a whole bunch of stuff added in and little notes about that. Um, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll get a couple of people to read it just to kind of give me their feedback. But only one, like, real editor, editor, and then a couple, just a handful of people that I say, okay, read this over and let me know what you think. A lot of times we'll be like, oh, yeah, that's good, just because they know who I am. And I'm like, hey, but brutal honesty, guys. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's such a good point, like kind of finding people that will actually give you real feedback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when it comes to having an editor for a memoir, you know, what's what are some tips that you can give people? Because having to edit a memoir is very different from, you know, a fantasy, you know, or a straight up self-help. You know, what should you look for in an editing partner? Um, Somebody who's not going to tell you what your story should say. Um, right. So with, I mean, with any story you want as the writer, you want to be the one to make it all up. But at the same time, um, a fantasy story can be like, Hey, you know what? I think this, where, where this character went off, that really has nothing to do with our main story. It's weird. But when it's your memoir, when it's your life story, I think that an editor should really just tell you if it's missing something, um, to connect maybe an offshoot, but not tell you to get rid of it. Because as the writer, I might, I probably added it in because it, it needed to be, but I might just have forgot the connection piece because I, it's my story. I've lived it. Um, so having somebody that could say, you know, connect it in, not get rid of it. Um, and then having somebody that wants maybe to delve in a little bit deeper than the average person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how do you know like what the line is, you know, like where, because it is your memoir. So where you're like, um, thank you for that feedback, but I'm not going to go with that. How do you, how do you have that inside you? Um, so I think it's just having the confidence out as a writer to know what you want. Mm -hmm. There is no, I don't think there is no specific kind of, no specific kind of thing I can say to that other than, you know, it's, it's a feeling that you have, right? Mm -hmm. This is your baby. All books are a writer's baby, but this is your life. So you need to be comfortable with how much you share and how you share it. So if it's making you uncomfortable, they're they're um at it then it's probably not something you want to write yeah good point very good point so you go to your edits you get those in you rework um and now let's talk about your publishing process how does that begin for you um so that all you know all the formatting has to happen ahead of time i do all that myself because uh, for me, I really like, like, cause you can pay people to format whatever. I love learning new skills. And so for each book that I've done, I've, you know, gained more skills of how to edit, how to, or not edit, but how to format it, how to make the font look cool, how to add the footnote. Like I just have a lot of fun doing all that stuff. Um, so I've been doing it myself. I think they're turning out pretty nice. Um, and then making sure that I have the cover for it the way that I want it to be and then um I do all my publishing myself I use the KDP so Kindle Direct Publishing to do it on Amazon um and I just yeah 
kind of do it all myself because I just have a lot of fun to say, hey, this is my baby and I I made it all myself and I birthed it myself. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, of like reason to be proud of that, you know, because you're seeing it from the beginning to end, you know, which is that's the joy of independent publishing. Yes, yeah. I love that. Um, and I mean, I take people's advice that I, before I publish it, right? Because I have the people that will look it over, make sure that it appears right, especially the the cover. I make sure that, you know, it, it's legible. You, people can read it. It's eye-catching, all that stuff. Um, but ultimately, it's it's my baby, and I love having that control over it. Yeah, yeah. So you said you do your own formatting, but do you also do your own cover design? Is that what I understand? I have, yes. Awesome. <laughs> um, I have had my first two books, somebody else did the cover. Um, and then all the other ones I've done the cover myself. Um, so a couple of times I used the Amazon create the cover thing. And then I'm like, hmm, okay, now that I kind of got a vibe of this, I use my own programs and I, I'll d- design it all myself. And I have to say, um, for the goodbye too soon one that cover is probably my absolute favorite one I've designed it took me quite a bit to get it just right but um I think it really captures the essence of the book because the it's red um which is my brother's favorite color but then it has like a white sort of glow-ish thing over top because he's dead um has a picture of his urn um like that's the actual urn that we chose for it and then it has a shadow coming off of it to show like that it's him and then so I just it was an emotional process just doing the cover even to make sure that it you know it captured the whole essence of the book and it really did oh wow what did you like what was it like not inspiration but like how did you think of that specific cover um so I knew I knew it was going to be red because that's his favorite color so that was easy um I knew I wanted to put something like maybe like an urn or something on there, but I wasn't sure exactly. And then I was talking to my aunt and my mom. um, And then together we just came up with what if a shadow was coming off of it? And I was like, oh, that's really good. And actually on the back of it, because my aunt said, um, because he did die by by drug overdose and it was an injection. um, She's like, why don't we? you put like a needle or something on it. So I didn't want it on the front, but on the back where the description of the book is, there's actually like a little needle with drops down and they drop all the way down to two ribbons, the addiction ribbon um, and overdose ribbon. Mm. Um, so they kind of drop down and form into the ribbons. Oh, wow. No, that's powerful. Totally. Uh, so can you, can you give some tips for those authors who are going to be doing their own formatting and their own cover design, some tips that you've learned so that they can you know, kind of get off running when they do their own? Uh, patience. <laughs> a lot of patience. Uh, find a good program. So I use... Um, because I don't have an actual graphic designing program, like I bought one. I don't, I haven't bought one, but I use a free version called Krita. It's K-R-I-T-A. Um, and it has pretty much all the functionality that I need. So just make sure that you are um, getting the correct dimensions of the book, depending on how big your pages are. And what I do is I just go onto the Amazon um, like info page whatever and put all that info in and it will pop out and tell you exactly how big the cover will be and then make sure you mark off your center because right it's going to give you the entirety of the cover and you want to make sure that this is the front this is the back um your front 
is on the right, your back is on the left. So again, it's, it's important because you don't want to have those reversed. Um, and then just, you know, have fun designing it. Make sure that you're leaving space around the cover. Don't put something all the way to the edge. When you're doing the back, make sure that there's the room for where the barcode would be. Um, and then just, yeah, have fun with it. That's just some really great technical tips because for me, um, that's like something that I always kind of struggle with. I'm like, oh gosh, here's the formatting guidelines again. <laughs> yeah, it definitely took a lot of learning, a lot of trial and error. And even, um, I, with goodbye too soon, I have it. So each chapter, the, where it says chapter and then the name of the chapter, I have like fancy little things on it. Well, when that goes into the ebook, it just turns out to be big black blobs. So I had to oh. take that out for all the ebook, but it's in for the printed. So the printed looks prettier. But for the ebook version, I had to take all that prettiness out because it didn't translate over. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give like a motivational tip like for, for authors who are going to want to do their own formatting? They're going to want to do their own cover design, but they're emotionally, they're going to hit a wall, right? That's going to be maybe overwhelming. What are you suggesting? What's the motivation? Take a break. <laughs> right like that that really is the best thing to do take a break um but honestly just like your book if you want to have control over what goes into your book the cover is the same you have control over the cover and yes you still have control over the cover when you pay somebody to do it but remember that if you pay somebody to do it and it doesn't come out the way you like it you're paying for revisions mm-hmm. um which is fine you can totally do that i just I, I like being creative. I like drawing. Like even in my kids' books, I've drawn the pictures for them. So like I love doing that stuff. So if you love doing it, then just trial and error and keep going. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome because there are people who they, they might think like, Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't or like, Oh, maybe I should, you know, invest in such and such. But you're saying like, if that's what you enjoy, embrace it. Exactly. Like my first couple covers um, that I did myself, I've actually revised and redid because I didn't have as good, like my skills weren't as good as they were then as they are now. So I I revised them. But ultimately, it's from trial and error and practicing that gets us better. But if you don't like doing it, invest in somebody else doing it. I'm saying I do it because I like doing it. Right. I'm not going to force myself to do it if I hate it. Right. Like me and formatting. I'm just like somebody else. Please help me. <laughs> exactly. If you don't want to do it, get somebody else to do it. They will more than gladly do it for you. <laughs> I love that you've mentioned that you did your cover design and then you're like, I'm going to redo my cover design because now I know more. Sure. That is so powerful because some people, they feel maybe a little bit overwhelmed or intimidated and they're like, let me wait until I get better. And then I'll publish, but that could keep going. That could be months. Right? Nothing will ever be perfect. Mm -hmm. And as much as I say, yeah, my book is perfect, it's ready to publish, I could probably go back through and find something else to change Mm -hmm. a million times. Um, You know, a, a tiny little sentence here, one word change there, right? But ultimately, it's perfect enough, Mm -hmm. right, for publishing. And people revise their books all the time. In fact, I was just recording an episode of the Writer Die show before our interview, and the person had revised his first novella and turned it into a full-length novel. So it's something that's already done. So don't feel bad if you're like, you know what, I want to change my cover. Do it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like you don't have to wait for perfection. You can go ahead and dive in. Yeah. And that's something I want to ask you too is like, so now that you publish so many books and you taking control of your publishing process, so what kind of opportunities have come up for you now that you have like really embraced publishing? Um, I just, I have the opportunity now to put out books whenever I want. I, I'm not waiting for somebody else. I'm not waiting on finding the right person. Um, I can just do it, especially with my kids' books. Those, because I'm doing them as a way to alleviate the hard stuff from the, from my big books, from the nonfiction, I just release those whenever. Um, so I don't do a lot of PR for those. Um, maybe one day I will, but those are more for me to then for anything else. But with my, with my actual novels, my mental health stuff, I, you know, I'll send it to my publicist ahead of time ahead and, you know, do a whole bunch of PR and promotion before the book actually launches because I really want to put it out there. Um, so being able to be my own publisher, my own editor, well, not editor, I do get somebody else to edit, but my own um, d- cover design, I am able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Yeah. And and that's something I want people to really embrace is that sometimes you, once you say, hey, I'm going to do this, the other side of that gives you opportunities and they can come in a, just a variety of different ways. Yeah. I've also been able to help other people get theirs published which is kind of fun and nice. So, you know, there's a whole other opportunity there waiting as well as you learn more things. And it's just, it's continuing education through life, right? I didn't know how to format when I first started, so I had somebody else do it. It's learning. And that's something that just as human beings, we should always be learning new skills. It keeps us young and keeps us going. That's so true. Especially keeping you young. You know, that's what we need. Exactly. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned something that actually I didn't know. You said you have a publicist. How did you go about finding your book publicist? So um, it's actually because of my show. So from the Writer Die show, I had um, Mickey Mickelson from Creative Edge. He had been sending me tons of um, authors for my show. And eventually I said, okay, you know what? These are really good interviews. Like of all my interviews, the ones that you're sending me are probably the best ones. So I sat down, I had a conversation with him, and I'm like, okay, yeah, hook me up. Like, let's let's do this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Creative Edge is now my my publicist. Oh, very awesome. And now, do you do just podcast shows, or is it beyond that? Um, right now, it's mostly just podcasts. Virtually is always the easiest thing, right? Because I can talk to people all over. But if there was um, other opportunities. He does have connections to those. Um, I've, he's given me some spots on some magazines as well. Um, so that's really cool too. In fact, I have something else I got to fill out for him later today for an interview for a magazine. So yeah, there, there's some definitely really cool different opportunities. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations, by the way, just on, on everything that you've accomplished, uh, because yes, definitely. I always want to make sure I tell people, you know, when they're achieving something that is different or hard or, um, it's brand new to them or they're tackling it all on their own. That's amazing. Always congratulations to that. Uh, so before we talk about like, okay, where can people find you? Is there any final thoughts or final motivational tips that you want to share? Um, just I mean, follow your dopamine, follow what makes you happy. Don't force something. If you need to force it, it's probably not worth doing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Randy Lee. Now, can you tell everyone where can they find you and where can they find your books? Yes. So they can find me at rbwriting.ca. Um, and all of my books are also on Amazon. Um, that way I don't have to really deal with the shipping. <laughs> Makes my life easier. Um, all of them are on there. So if you just put in my name, Randy Lee Boza, all of my books will pop up. But if you, uh, you know, if we piqued your interest talking about embracing me or goodbye too soon, you can put those titles in as well and they will pop up. Um, I am on Facebook at RB Writing and RB Media. So all of my my uh, podcasts and YouTubes are all under RB Media. So you can find me on YouTube, RB Media. Um, and then I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Randy Lee Bozba. And my animals have their own TikTok, so I'm going to tell <laughs> promote them too because we are talking about motivation and keeping ourselves you know going so having some cute animal videos helps me go so at four cats three dogs you will find oodles of cuteness from my animals i love that count me as a subscriber now a follower i I love animal videos (laughs) amazing well thank you so much Thank you, Randy Lee Boslaw from the How to Write a Book podcast. We appreciate your time, your wonderful energy, and we're looking forward to what comes next from you. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Oh, I'm so glad. Yay. And thank you. Thank you. We'll see you on the show real soon. Yes. <laughs> Bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of the How to Write a Book podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. If you want to keep up with me and my work, check out the website, blackheartedstudios.com. That's www.blackheartedstudios.com. And follow me on Instagram, at Maciel Writes. That's at M-A-S-S-I-E-L Writes. As a book coach and publisher, I'm passionate about helping aspiring authors bring their stories to life. So if you've been dreaming of writing a book and don't know where to start, head to my website and let's chat. You get a free 30 minutes on me. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks.